everyone. Welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and it is a joy to be with you this morning. I know that God has something special for each of us in his word every day, and my prayer is that today, uh, the word that I present from from the Bible that God will touch and, and move in your life. So let's bow our hearts. Let's pray together. Um, if this is your first time checking out the Activate podcast, you can catch past episodes on iTunes or on SoundCloud by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. All right, well, let's get right into it. Let's bow our heads and our hearts and let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are and how much you care for us. God, who you are is so much above us. You're so majestic. You're so great. You're so uh, holy. You are everything, God. And yet you look down at us and you love us and you care for us and you reach out to us. And God, I just picture you on a throne in heaven, on a golden throne in heaven with your hand extended to us, your hand extended to me, your hand extended to each and every person saying, come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God, I thank you for your wisdom and your compassion. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us this morning through your word. God, we give you this time. Open our hearts to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about peace. There are so many verses in the Bible about peace, and I don't want to just uh, spurt off all the verses and see how they all fit together. What I want to do is really dive into a question, and that question is, do I have peace? Do I have peace in my life? So many of the the letters that are written in the New Testament from Paul and Peter and uh, I'll say uh, grace and peace to you or um, whatever the greeting is, they always include that, that their, their hope is that the people would have peace. Jesus said when he was leaving the earth, he said, my peace I leave with you, not peace like the world gives. He says his peace is a peace that passes all worldly understanding. There's the verse that says, let the peace of God reign reign in you as you trust in him. In Philippians chapter 4, it says, the peace of God will guard your heart. The peace of God will guard your heart. We think of Jesus in the boat when there was the storm, and he says to the wind and to the waves, he says, peace, be still. Do I have peace? today. Do I have peace today? Peace is when your trust settles in and, and takes takes root, takes takes up residency in you. It's when your trust trust is is settled down, your hope is settled, you have peace. The book of Jude says that his prayers that you would have peace and love in abundance, an abundance of peace. Jesus is referred to as the Prince of Peace. The word says that you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are set on you. Do I have this peace? Do I have peace? 
many of us would be able to say, yeah, I have peace in this area, but not as much in that area, that there's not a balanced peace in my whole life where I could say everything is really great. With every person, I have peace. With all of my money, I have peace. With my schedule, with my job, with my health, with my church, with everything, every relationship that I have, I have peace. We usually have peace in pockets. We have these little areas of peace where we feel that settled trust that settled hope, that solid ground, but in other areas, we may feel like our peace is lacking. Peace isn't the absence of chaos, but it's a firm grounding that we stand on. And so when we think of Jesus and the wind and the waves, it wasn't that his peace came because there were no waves. His peace came in in the middle of the waves. So in our lives, it's not that we have this peace because our circumstances are perfect. We have peace in the middle of our difficult circumstances. Jesus as the Prince of Peace, Jesus as the Prince of Peace died hanging on a cross. Well, soldiers mocked him. The Prince of Peace. That if we keep our minds set on God, that we will have peace, perfect peace. When a loved one is about to die or someone uh, is sick, sometimes people will say this phrase, they'll be like, well, I made my peace with them. I made my peace with God. I made my peace with that person. And what does that mean when we say that? It means that uh, we've settled ourselves. We've settled our minds. We've set our our, our peace. (laughs) By peace, I mean not P-E-A-C-E, but we've set our peace or our, our, our bit. And we've, we've put it all out there and we're good. We've put it all out there and we're good. And I really feel like the peace of God is much in the same way. How do we make our peace with life? Money, relationships, jobs, all the stuff, our church, our, our, our everything. How have we made our peace? Well, I think it's by putting it all out there and trusting God. That seems very elementary, doesn't it? It seems very simple. Just put it all out there and trust God. Many, many times I find that when we are unsettled about things, we will pray about everything except that. We will pray all the prayers that are easy to pray. We'll we'll pray for all the things that are good, these little small prayers, but the things that are really retching our hearts, we'll kind of leave off or we'll say quickly at the end of our prayer time. But God wants to hear about the thing that is unsettling you because he wants to settle you. The Prince of Peace was nailed to a cross and went through the journey that God had for him. God has a journey for you. Not that there's absence of, of hardship, but there's peace as you walk through it. So how can we find that peace? It's by putting it all out there before God. By being honest with ourselves and with God. God, this person hurt me. God, this situation makes me angry. Whatever it is... We have to actually be able to say it to God, to lay it out before him and to be quiet, to listen. Now there's, there's that, that camp where there's a a group of people who would 
pray about everything except the issue that's really bothering them. But then there's the other side of the coin of people that all they pray about is the issue that's bothering them and nothing else. And they obsess about the issue that's bothering them. They set their mind on the chaos rather than on Jesus. They set their mind on the problem rather than on Jesus. And so they continually think on it and obsess over it and think on it and think on it and think of it. And it can't really bring in anything else that's going on in the world, only that issue. And what we need to do is find that balance of putting it before God and listening to what he would say. Let's take a look at two verses here and settle in on them. For uh, Romans chapter 8, and this is uh, just gold right here. Romans chapter 8, the chapter title is Life Through the Spirit. This beginning of this chapter in verses uh, 1 through uh 11 is really talking about where we set our minds and it's saying that if you set your mind on the spirit you have life and peace but if you set your mind on things of the world you will not have life and peace so let's take a look at this uh together this is romans chapter 8 therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus we could camp out here pitch a tent here all day long because this is foundational there is no condemnation in your life. There is nothing that Satan could rise up and say against you that Jesus can't say, I covered that in my blood. There is no condemnation that hangs over your life. Not one bit, not one thing. There's not one area that we can pick out and say, oh, you're going to hell because of this. Oh, you're no good because of this. God can't talk to you because of this. Because when we lay all of our stuff before God, when we're honest about all of our stuff, he says, I love you. When we lay our sins before him, he says, I forgive you. I wash it away. You're righteous again. You're white like snow. I don't remember it as far as the east is from the west. The thing is, as Christians, we talk so much about not sinning. We, we, again and again, we hammer home this idea that we should not sin. Sin is bad. Don't sin. Don't sin. Don't sin. But the Bible also teaches that there is not a sin that is not common to man. This is when you sin, you've got to get back up. You've got to bring it to God. Confess your sins and be made whole again. And what we do is we hold on to our sins and we say, well, this problem is happening because I'm so bad, because I'm so horrible. Confess your sins to God. There's no more condemnation. There are consequences for the things that we do wrong. There are consequences for our sins, but there's no condemnation from Jesus. So no matter what you've done, no matter how far bad you think it is, if you would bring it to Jesus, if you would lay it at his feet, you can find peace. And you can find freedom from condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free. I don't care what you've done. If you bring it to God, you can be made free. Did you hear that? It doesn't matter what you've thought, what you've done, where you've gone, how you've acted. If you bring it to God and you repent, you say, God, I no longer, not just in words, but in my heart and my actions, I no longer want to walk this path of sin. There is therefore no condemnation in your life because of the spirit of God. He has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death would say you have sinned and now you are apart from God forever. But the law of the spirit says that that is not what holds us anymore. There is something completely different. And that's the law of the spirit. 
Verse three, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he, Jesus, condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law may be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Verse five, those who live according to their the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. When we think on the things of this world, when we think on our sins, when we replay arguments in our mind, when we set camp in sin, there is death there. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Is your mind governed by the things of this world? Is your mind set on your sins? Is your mind set on condemnation and guilt and shame? Or is your mind set on the things of God? Have you brought your petitions before the Lord? Have you brought your sin before the Lord and let him wash over you and cleanse you and renew you and make you whole and well again? Because if you have, you'll find life and peace. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. I want to please God. And so daily, I lay myself bare before my king, the king, God, sitting on the golden throne in heaven. I lay my sins before him. I have no business. I have no right to come before him. He doesn't have to pay attention to me again, hear my sins again. And yet he welcomes me today and he'll welcome me tomorrow because Jesus stands in front of me. And he wants to take our sin. He wants to take our gunk. He wants to take our issues. And he wants to speak the spirit's mind into us. The mind of life and peace. But if my mind stays set on the things of this world, I cannot please God. Verse 9 says this. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone doesn't have the spirit of Christ, then they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. It goes on to say, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it, but it's to, but if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if 
by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, then you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, but rather the Spirit you received brought you about your adoption to sonship, to daughtership. And by this we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I hope that this riles you up to truth. I hope this riles you up to know that when you are found in Christ Jesus, you are a son or daughter of God. You are an heir, a co-heir with Christ. I don't even deserve to be in the throne room of God, but he looks at me, he looks at Jesus, and he says to both of us, you are co-heirs with me. We were reading in Colossians a few weeks ago, and in Colossians it says, if the glory of God that is in you, the glory of God that is in me, if it were revealed today, people would bow down and worship us because the glory of God is so great. And that's why the glory of God in us won't be revealed till heaven because the glory of God in me is worthy to be praised. The Spirit of God actually lives in me. And if people could see the Spirit of God in me, if people could see Jesus in me, they would begin to worship me as if I were God and I'm not. So the glory of God in me won't be revealed to heaven until heaven. And that's in Colossians 3 and Colossians 4. But the Spirit of God literally dwells in you. Not because you are righteous, not because you have done things well, but because you have laid yourself bare before the King and you've said, God, forgive me. And Jesus says, yes by my stripes because of my death and resurrection you are healed you are whole you are set free from the law of sin and death the law says if you sin you're cut off but the law of the spirit says if you confess your sins you're made righteous once again how can we have peace how can i have peace in every area of my life i can have peace because i know who my god is i know that he has forgiven me and there is no condemnation over my life so when I wake up in the morning and I might feel overwhelmed, I might feel like the, my life is running me and I'm not running my life. I might feel like there's too many loose ends. I might feel anxiety. I might feel too overwhelmed. I sit before the king and I realize that this earth is temporary, that I'm a citizen of heaven. My mind is set on the things of the spirit. My mind is set on the things of God. I'm brought back to the realization that this world is temporary. I'm brought back to the realization that if I listen to my father in heaven, if I listen to the spirit of God, which is in me, then everything is made new. There is peace that passes understanding. The prince of peace is my God. The prince of peace leads me by still waters. The ways that my soul gets all jumbled up and all crazy and all upset. He says, I'm going to lead you by still waters. He brings a calm to my soul. If I set my mind on him, if I lay myself bare before him, he says he will keep me in perfect peace. If my mind is set on him, where is my mind set? 
on my schedule, on my problems, on my relationships, or is it set on God? And when I can set it on God, he began to come in and do supernatural spiritual surgery on how I love people. He's going to teach me to be patient and kind and long suffering because here in this verse at the end, if you, if you caught that, it said, uh, that now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We get excited. And this is comma. It says, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. As bad things happen, tricky things happen, as as our, our temptation is towards the flesh, God says, in your sufferings, be made bare before him so that you can be brought back into the the fold of righteousness by confessing our sins, by laying ourselves bare before him, sharing in his suffering. That means we are going to face hard times. We are going to face difficult things. That's why the Bible talks so much about peace. But my peace is settled. I have made my peace with God that daily I come before him. I make my peace. Bible says he'll make us dwell in safety. Not that circumstances don't happen, but that our source, our reliance is on him. In John 16, it says, in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart because God has overcome the world. There is trouble in areas of our lives, but God has overcome them. If we listen to his voice, if we listen to his leading, if we listen to his guidance, he will give us everything we need to live life and to live it God's way. Let's look uh, at our second verse here this morning, and that's Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. We're going to read the whole chapter and then we're going to focus right in on 8. Psalm chapter 4. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me. Hear my prayer. Verse 2. How long will your people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Verse 4. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Verse 6. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. In peace, the first eight, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. In this psalm, in this verse, David is talking uh, about God answering his prayer. God, answer me. God, when I call to you, please respond to me. He's saying that he sees the wicked prospering. He sees bad people getting good things. And he says, Lord, let the light of your face shine on me. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and their new wine abound. Because he's already settled. God is enough for him. If God doesn't give him grain and wine, God is still enough. If he sees other people who don't deserve it getting more than he gets, God's enough. 
as these people get things that he may deserve more than them. He says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. In his suffering, his peace was settled. In his jealousy, his potential of jealousy, he could say, but God, I trust you. You alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone, Lord, are where I delight. And so if someone gets more than me, if someone gets what I deserve, I already have all that I need because the spirit of the living God is dwelling in me. My sins are forgiven. I've been set free. So why am I glancing down my nose, looking over my shoulder at what somebody else has or doesn't have? Why am I surprised when I suffer? I want to suffer so I can be like Jesus. In my suffering, I also share in his glory. But my peace, my hope is already settled. My trust is already in God. Come what may, I trust God. I lay myself bare before him every day. God, have your way. I trust you, God. You've forgiven me of every sin. You've taken away my condemnation and my shame. No shadow of shame is on my face. You've taken away my guilt. You've taken away all of my sin. And though even now I suffer, I know that I will also share in your glory. I know that I am a co-heir with Christ. And it's enough. Your peace that passes understanding is not peace like the world gives. You've already overcome the world. We're not dealing with the flesh here. We're dealing with supernatural stuff. And the supernatural part says that, God, you have overcome the world. And so though I suffer in this world, I know what my future holds. And that's an eternity with my Jesus. That's an eternity with God. And I cry out to him, Abba, Father, God, on a golden throne, you reach out your hand as my father. And you say, come near. And I love the verse is in John, it's in Hebrews, and it says, take on my yoke because it's easy. Take on my burden because it's light. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through suffering. In your suffering, you can find peace because you can set your mind on godly things, not on your problems. So when you go to God to pray, Find yourself not in either of those two camps I talked about earlier. Don't find yourself in the one camp where all you're doing is obsessing over your problem. God is so much bigger than your problem. As hard or heavy as it may feel, could you give that problem to God? Could you? Could you stop obsessing over the problem and start to focus on the Savior? And then likewise, if you're too timid to give the problem to God, that other side of the coin where you pray about everything else except for your problem, could you lay that problem bare before God because trusting that he's big enough? Could you say your peace to God? Could you settle it out before God and say, God, I trust you with it? Either way, both of these sides of the camp, you have to bring your stuff before God and say, God, I don't like this person. God, I don't like this situation. God, I feel bad about this. Whatever it is, bring your whole heart, your bare heart before God. And let him bring the peace that passes worldly understanding. That you could lie down and sleep, for in him alone he will make you dwell in safety. 
Who's better at addressing your problems? You or God? I know Jesus who said, peace be still, and the wind and the waves stopped. I know Jesus who had his hands nailed to a cross. The same time was the Prince of Peace. Jesus can give you wisdom and spiritual understanding as you walk through hard situations. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll have peace. I will fear no evil. God is not just with you. He's in you. The spirit of the living God dwells in you. And because of that, we can cry, Abba, Father. Because that, because of that, we choose to run to him and not to other things to satisfy. Our peace doesn't come from just taking a day off and watching movies. Our peace doesn't come from another glass of wine. Our peace doesn't come from long conversations with everyone we can think of to talk about our issues with. Our peace doesn't come from any other thing, from working a lot. If we just work harder and work harder, maybe we'll forget about our problems. No, our peace comes when we lay our hearts bare before the king so he can help us. And he can come and be the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word in due season. God, I thank you for your word that comes at the perfect time. And God, I thank you that we can have peace because you have overcome the world. God, I thank you that we can have peace because your spirit lives in us right now. God, I thank you that we can have peace because when we cast our cares upon you, we know that you care for us. There's nothing too big for you. There's nothing too tangled up and tricky for you. There's nothing too heavy for you. God, I pray that today we would lay our burdens down at your feet. We would cast our cares upon you, knowing that you care for us, knowing that you are the Prince of Peace. God, I pray that as we do business with you, as we lay ourselves before you, that God, we would then get up and walk in peace. We would be a reflection of Jesus who, as he was dying on a cross, was still the Prince of Peace. God, if we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, God, I pray that you would lead us by still waters. Remind us of your steady rock. God, we run to you, our source and our peace. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this day that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.